RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McElindon. The headlines. The foreign minister says Beijing will back companies like Huawei if they're victimised abroad. A pro-Beijing heavyweight says the administration could yet scrap its plan to change the law on the surrender of fugitives. And the outgoing ombudsman urges her successor to be fearless in challenging the government. The Foreign Minister Wang Yi says Beijing will take all necessary measures to defend the legitimate rights of China's companies and individuals. Speaking on the sidelines of the National People's Congress meeting in Beijing, Mr Wang said US accusations against Chinese telecoms giant Huawei amount to a deliberate deliberate political suppression. He spoke through an interpreter. China has and will continue to take all necessary measures to resolutely protect the legitimate and lawful interests of Chinese businesses and citizens. This is a bounden duty of the Chinese government. At the same time, we support the company and individual in question in seeking legal redress to protect their own interests and refusing to be victimized like silent lambs. Huawei yesterday filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government, arguing that a U.S. federal ban on its equipment and services was unconstitutional. Mr. Wang also says China does not plan to become more assertive overseas, despite cases in which some Chinese ambassadors sharply criticise governments abroad. He was asked whether the aggressive language they use would be conducive to Beijing's diplomatic policies. Assertiveness has never been part of the Chinese tradition, and hegemony will never be our choice even when we become stronger. Yet, like all countries, China will protect its lawful and legitimate interests and will not allow any infringement of its sovereignty and dignity. Whenever such things are at stake, then Chinese diplomats, wherever they are in the world, will clearly and firmly state our position. China will surely become stronger, but will not be assertive. Around 30 people have marched to the U.S. consulate in Central to condemn Consul General Kurt Tong. Mr. Tong warned last week that interference from Beijing would affect Hong Kong's special economic status, and he cited the banning of the Hong Kong National Party and the rejection of British journalist Victor Mallet's visa as examples. But the group, which calls itself Real Hong Kongers View, accused him of interfering in Hong Kong's affairs. Spokesman Jason Lam says Mr. Tong's remarks may put off companies doing business or looking to set up shop here. Because he used unfortunate first to describe some decision by the Hong Kong government. And this decision actually is a legal decision and welcomed by most of the Hong Kong people. He should know that as a US government representative in Hong Kong, he should not comment other countries' internal affairs because those business is none of their business. The honorary chairman of the Liberal Party, James Teen, says it's possible the government could change its mind about amending extradition laws. The government wants to change them so it can extradite fugitives to those jurisdictions that it currently has no agreement with, such as Taiwan, Macau and the mainland. Mr Teen believes pressure from the business community may force the government to narrow the scope of the amendments or even shelve the plan. He says if the changes do go ahead, Hong Kong could lose foreign investment. There will be certain businesses leaving Hong Kong, especially those uh, foreign investment. But my feeling is that uh, there's still a chance that we could convince government. Firstly, this is not the right thing to do. You should focus on the murder case in Taiwan and not cast the net so wide. I think there's a chance government will either reduce the scope or actually just simply shelf it for the time being. 
Meanwhile, Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe says politicians in Taiwan are concerned for the safety of travellers from the island if Hong Kong allows the surrender of fugitives to other jurisdictions. He was speaking after visiting Taiwan with several other prominent pro-democracy politicians. Mr Toe said political parties in Taiwan want Hong Kong to focus on a specific case in which a man from the SCR was suspected of murdering his girlfriend on the island before considering a wider change in the law. The main concern is better focus on the uh, Hong Kong-Taiwan, maybe one-off agreement, maybe the negotiation first and the amendment later. That is the logical sequence. But if uh, the sequence is reversed, I think uh, that is uh, very absurd and it's not the normal process. Second is, uh, well, they don't want their Taiwan people to be endangered. They are worried that the safety situation and the human rights protection offered by the Hong Kong system to Taiwan residents or Taiwan travellers in Hong Kong. The outgoing ombudsman Connie Lau has urged her successor to have no fear as she challenges cases of government malpractice. Her five-year term of office ends this month and she'll be replaced by Winnie Chu, a former deputy police commissioner. Ms Lau says she has no regrets about her tenure and hopes Ms Chu will continue to make use of the office's power to carry out direct investigations. I don't have that kind of regret yet at the moment. But I would strongly recommend my successor to uphold our spirit of our openness, our fairness, and the way that we are looking for good justice. And also we should not be frightened or we should not be scared to do anything which we think are right to do. A bus driver who fell asleep at the wheel before his double-decker rammed into a truck on Lantau Island has been sentenced to one year and five months in prison. Nineteen people were injured in the November 2017 crash, five of them seriously. The district court heard that 58-year-old Ng Kim Wing had been up late the night before the 5am crash as he was caring for his wife who had cancer and died in January this year. Judge David Dufton said Ng, who pleaded guilty to dangerous driving, should have stopped and taken a rest after the bus swerved to the left shortly before the crash. He said he understood the defendant needed to take care of his wife, but he should have shown equal concern for the safety of his passengers. A senior fireman's been sentenced to 120 hours of community service for borrowing money from three subordinates. Ng Lung Kwong earlier pleaded guilty to charges of accepting $70,000 in advantages as a public servant. Civil servants aren't allowed to borrow from lower-ranked colleagues and can borrow a maximum of $3,000 from a friend. Eastern Court heard that Ng suffers losses from property investments and had a month's salary held up by tax authorities because he didn't pay tax on time two years ago. The U.S. House of Representatives has voted to condemn hateful expressions of intolerance amid a row over anti-Semitism. The Democratic-controlled House overwhelmingly condemned discrimination against Jewish people, Muslims, Latinos and other minorities. Addressing colleagues in the chamber before the vote, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, said it was essential to take action. It is profoundly disturbing reality that anti-Semitism is on the rise in America today and anti-Semitic attacks increasingly are at the highest rate on record. Appalling acts of hatred and bigotry are being inflicted on all uh, elements of our society. A senior U.S. official says the Trump administration still believes the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula is possible by the end of the president's first term, despite the collapse of the latest summit with Kim Jong-un. Here's the BBC's Barbara Pledusha. The U.S. official told reporters that the final fully verified denuclearization of North Korea would be possible by January 2021, but he said progress would have to be made quickly to achieve that goal. 
He said the U.S. had closed some gaps with North Korea on a number of disarmament issues during the Hanoi summit, but there was still much to do and the ball was in Kim Jong-un's court. Experts have suggested that the North Korean leader was angered by the failure to reach an agreement, and that's why activity has resumed at a missile research center he'd promised to dismantle. President Trump's former campaign chairman Paul Manafort has been sentenced to nearly four years in prison for banking and tax fraud. The judge also ordered him to pay nearly 25 million US dollars in restitution to the US government. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue was at the court in Virginia. 47 months in prison is far less than Paul Manafort could have expected. Prosecutors were pushing for up to 24 years behind bars. But the judge said that kind of sentence would be unwarranted. Just before sentence was passed, Paul Manafort spoke to the court. He was seated in a wheelchair wearing a green jumpsuit. He said the past two years have been the most difficult ones of his life, and he asked the court for compassion. Next week, he'll face sentencing in a separate case in the District of Columbia, where he could get another 10 years in jail. America's new commercial astronaut capsule will complete its demonstration mission later tonight with a splashdown in the Atlantic Ocean. The SpaceX Dragon vehicle's been undergoing a series of tests which should see it approved by NASA to carry people later this year. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. Six days ago, the Dragon capsule was launched from Florida and later docked with the space station without incident. Now it must come home safely. And for the chief executive of SpaceX, Elon Musk, this is the phase of the mission that gives him some anxiety. The Dragon's heat shield has an irregular shape, and there's a very small chance this could cause instability as the vehicle makes its high-speed, high-temperature descent. But if it comes through unscathed, NASA will be ready to certify the capsule for crew use, starting perhaps in July or August. Shares in a local brokerage, Kingston Financial, slumped by as much as 10% this morning, following media reports that the market's regulator raided its headquarters in Central yesterday. The raid reportedly lasted at least five hours, and officers from the Securities and Futures Commission are said to have taken away computer files and documents. In a brief statement to the stock exchange, the firm didn't confirm the reports, saying only that it was business as usual. Last month, the commission ordered the brokerage and two other firms to freeze an unknown number of client accounts linked to a company that's accused of issuing false or misleading financial data. China's exports showed their sl- sharpest decline in almost three years last month, in the latest sign of a slowdown in the economy despite a spate of support measures. Exports were down 20.7% in February from a year earlier, the largest decline since February 2016. Customs data also showed that imports fell 5.2%, down for a third straight month, and they widened from a 1.5% drop in the previous month. Analysts warned that data from China in the first two months of the year should be read with caution due to disruption from the long Lunar New Year holidays. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 28,360. That's down 419 points from the previous close. Market turnover was $72.4 billion. Currencies in the US dollars trading at 111.33 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 11 cents and the pound's worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 27 cents. Now to sports and here's Atom Joe.
We start with track cycling. The first ever six-day series event in Hong Kong gets underway later this afternoon. 60 elite riders from 20 different countries are racing over three days at the velodrome in Zhengguanou. Hong Kong is represented by double world champion Sarah Lee and the medicine team of Leung Chenhuang and Chen King Lok. Belgium's Kenny Dicatelli holds multiple records in the six-day series. He believes Sarah Lee's recent success at the world championships will attract more fans. If she wouldn't have performed last week, people would still come to see uh, their local favorites, I guess, because in the past they already shown uh, uh, Sarah Lee with the world titles and then King and Wing with the, with the uh, Asian title, the Asian Games. Uh, they performed also already very, very well. So, But with having her, uh, with her being now um, a fresh two-times world champion is, uh, is of course... Uh, in, in my opinion, a very boost for this event. If I was a cyclist fan um, and I'm in the neighborhood, I would definitely take my time to at least come one night to see how these riders are doing and uh, to support my, my local riders. Yeah. Next to football's Europa League, there were mixed fortunes for two English sides in their last 16 first leg matches. Chelsea breezed past Dynamo Kiev, but Arsenal were beaten in France. The BBC's Andy Barwell rounds up the action. 10-man Arsenal suffered the first away defeat by a French club in European competition. They were beaten 3-1 away at Rennes. No problems for Chelsea, though. 3-0 winners at home to Dynamo Kiev with goals from Pedro Willian and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Dynamo Zagreb had a 1-0 success over Benfica. Napoli 3-0 winners at home to RB Salzburg. It was goalless between Eintracht Frankfurt and Inter Milan. The five-time competition winner Sevilla drew 2-2 at home to Slavia Prague. Another Spanish side, Villarreal, had a 3-1 victory at Zenit St. Petersburg, while Rodrigo scored twice for Valencia in a 2-1 success over FK Krasnodar. Let's hear from Pedro, who opened scoring for Chelsea in their 3-0 win over Kiev. He says they could have scored more goals. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm happy for the goal, but uh, I'm sad for the uh, two misses. But, but good. The most important thing I repeat is the result. It's uh, very good for us. Uh, um, I think it's, uh, now it's 90 minutes in, in Kiev. It's so difficult, but the close uh, the, the game is not close. But uh, I repeat, it's a good game, good night for us. One more football note, Lino Messi has been called up for Argentina for the first time since their disappointing World Cup in Russia last year. They'll play Venezuela and Morocco at the end of the month. Messi's last action for his country was their World Cup last 16 defeat to France. And that's your look at sports. Atom Zheng there. Now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The foreign minister says Beijing will back companies like Huawei if they're victimised abroad. A pro-Beijing heavyweight says the administration could yet scrap its plan to change the law on the surrender of fugitives. And the outgoing ombudsman urges her successor to be fearless in challenging the government. That's the news from RTHK.
Songs. 